You all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Yeah. Albert Shivers. The Matrix doesn't happen. That's very true. Come along quietly or not. The general concept is that creativity flourishes in, a, in an atmosphere of freedom. I always love hearing Don's last words there. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I am... Albert Shivers, and on this episode, Luke, Andrew, and I have got some whining and some crying to do. But not really, though. We decided to do... So let me put it this way. Usually when Luke and Andrew come on the show, we generally talk about film and different movies, movie history, all different kinds of things, but it's always about film. So... We When we did this last hunk of recordings, I decided to throw a curveball at these guys and have us figure out a topic to do that was not related in any way to film. So what we decided to all agree on was to talk about our misconceptions of youth, mainly when it pertains to college, okay? Um, how we feel about the way college prepared us for real life, how we felt when we started versus now, and getting out into the real world from that. Luke and Andrew had a lot of heavy opinions on this, as well as I, and it was good to hear the three of our opinions kind of mix into one another as we both chimed in as the podcast went on. I feel this is a solid episode. I also feel that This was recorded a a pretty long time ago, actually, and I don't know if my own opinions have changed or not. There were some things that I said during this episode that I agree with now, but there are some things that I don't agree with anymore. So it was interesting to hear my opinions back then as they apply to now, and I'd also possibly extend that even to Luke and Andrew. Um, they may, their opinions may have changed since the recording of this podcast. This one was actually recorded almost a year ago. Um, Andrew lives very far away, so when we get together, we record a bunch of episodes in one day. And then I put them out, you know, in a certain distance from one another. So I may even say that their opinions have changed based on what we talked about in this day but i hope you enjoy the conversation and maybe can relate to it a little bit uh other than that my show at the gamut art gallery is still going on until may or like mid-may i think the 15th or the 14th is the last day of that show also i will be having a new art show for the cb art studios show the their black culture show Hosted by Courtney Nat and Sylvia Thompson of the Create and Be Studio. I've been part of their black culture show every year since they opened the place. And this year I'm giving them the best of the best. No more playing around. They're going to get three very new pieces for this show. And one piece that probably never showed anywhere. Uh, older pen and ink drawing of mine that I don't know if I ever shown. 
So that'll be there amongst three other real hot new ones. So I'm excited about that show. And they always do a good job. Uh, that show is also in May. I want to say the 5th and the 6th. I don't have it here in front of me. But I believe that is when it is. But I will continue with updates next week for the next episode. We're also closing in on 100. And I got some big news concerning that coming up. And yeah, other than that, enjoy this episode. And hope you guys are all doing good. Let's hand it over to me, Luke, and Andrew in the past. Swedes are special people. They live longer than anyone and never go to war. Why? Because for thousands of years they have unlocked the secrets of the universe inside themselves. Now comes this special woman, Madam Ava from Sweden, to unlock your secrets. Call this number, use your push-button phone, and she will give you a personalized reading about you, your life, love, success, and future. Call now, Madam Ava, $1.95 a minute. We'll start off with our shared experience going to the same college and what uh, we took away from that. Now, Luke, you were a theater major? Yes. Okay, Andrew, you were a theater minor? Mm-hmm. And your other, was it a, a major? My, my major was uh, hotel, restaurant management, and tourism. Okay. And um, although I had everything to do with theater department, I was there for art, visual art. So, although they're different, we were still in the same building. Mm -hmm. And I worked alongside you guys a bunch, whether it was on the same project in theater or different projects, we were always around each other, around the same kind of folks. So, from the theater point of view, which I feel like, is one of the more difficult things in terms of being on the stage in front of people, one of the more difficult things to really break into for a few reasons. Um, But from the theater experience, going to four years at ESU to now both of you who are acting still, Andrew, you have a play coming up mm-hmm. at the time of recording this. And Luke, you've been involved at the local theater mm-hmm. for many shows. Yep. Um, where you guys stand now in can keeping your passion up for the art that you like, but now being in the real world where you have rent and bills and the absence of the safety net of college... What are your experiences? Well, uh, my outlook on East Stroudsburg University and the American education system in general has changed radically. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> what uh, what we called a safety net back then was also very much a lie, you know, because okay. we, you know, most of us were raised on you know the the American ideal that you know if you just go to college and major in whatever it is you want to do and then you get out in the real world you'll be able to and work hard enough you'll be able to find a job in that field and make an honest living doing it. Obviously, some will pay better than others, but as long as you're doing what you love, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And 
now I'm out in the real world and it's like, yeah, I gotta be perfectly honest, so I know this will break a lot of people's hearts, but as much as I love acting and I will never stop doing it, if I knew back then what I know now, I wouldn't have majored in theater. I would have minored or taken the acting lessons however I could have fit it into my schedule and I would have majored in something, for lack of a better word, practical for a real job, for keeping up with the rent, for paying all the bills, and everything, for having all the insurance I need. Um, because, you know, theater, there's this huge disparity between the people who, who start off at the very bottom literally doing it for free, paying to do it, in fact, because we have to pay our own gas bill to go to and from rehearsal. And not to mention the time you may need to take off from work. Yes. Which is technically costing you mm -hmm. money. Yeah, very much. There's this huge disparity between that and then maybe making a, a small stipend if you're lucky enough to work in summer stock theater and other non-equity theaters. And then, you know, the big leagues where you have an agent and your equity card and you're working for the major studios, whether it's on Broadway or in Hollywood or anywhere else. And, uh, you know, so, and it's, you know, because of the nepotism involved, the favoritism and everything, you, the, the loops that you have to jump through to get ahead, I really should have had another safety net, not just college, but I should have planned ahead for a safety net post-college, as is... I'm currently working a dead-end manufacturing job. I'm learning new skills there, you know, and and what have you. But if I, you know, but these are skills that I could have gotten with a high school diploma. And I wish that I had majored if I had done something else. There, there's a myriad of choices I could have gone with, so I could have, you know, paid the bill and possibly found another back way to get into making it big in theater or film. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I agree with uh, Luca 100%. Um, I was raised with the, uh, with the ideas that uh, you, uh, you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, and uh, then you'll uh, get a good job in uh, your field. Uh, I, uh, uh, there, yeah, I, uh, I have a, Bachelor of Science degree in hotel restaurant management. I work in uh, the hospitality industry, uh, but at the same time, there are people uh, in the industry who uh, make more money than I do, and they didn't spend. They they had no college loans. They 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 got into it. They learned. They learned hands-on experience, and. Uh, they didn't need a, a four-year college education to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't have any student loan payments like right. me hanging over their heads. I, I definitely uh, think that uh, we were fed uh, 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 false information and, uh, and the fact that you have to go, go to college. Uh, there are people... You know, with college educations, you know, uh, work in their field, and you know, there there are people, you know, who, you know, work uh, 
technical positions, you know, uh, construction, uh, uh, things like that, who make twice as much money as, you know, people with salaries. Yeah. You know, working gas lines, you know, yeah, their work is more dangerous, but uh, they, uh, they're still, you know, they're, you know, uh, they do work that they enjoy and they get paid good for it. Yeah. Uh, so, at one, I feel like at some point, c- college was the thing to do. I don't, I think more now, more so than ever, it's not. I mean, I applied for a job recently doing, like, graphic design, video archiving, okay? They didn't ask me anything about college. <laughs> Nothing. Now, I'm, I'm many years removed, mm-hmm. as we all each are. Yes. But... The fact that it never even came up. Like, they just wanted to know about what I had... Everything they wanted to know about are things I had done on my own. The movies I made, completely separate. The only thing that ESU benefited me for, for all those movies and things, was meeting the people. That was it. I think we I think we're all in the same boat in that regard. Like I don't regret going to college, but it's because I made my best friends there, yeah. including you guys. So yeah, I think in a way it's kind of, you you could almost say it's like a it's it's basic, it could be a case of misery loves company <laughs> in a sad way, you know, because we've all we we've we've stuck together all this time because we've been at rock bottom together. So we know that we can count on each other not to stab each other in the right. back and <laughs> climb over each other to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Now leaving ESU, going out into the world, the, it gives you a lot of knockdowns. Mm-hmm. Now the well, one thing that. Um, I learned, and now this has to do with visual art, is, which the, I think the, one of the, the first pills and the hardest pill to swallow when you get out there is when you realize that talent and hard work is not always what's going to do it for you. That's one that was, like, was a big realization for me yes is that what you put in you don't always get out and you just have to take that lump if that's the path you're on if i want to do art and you guys want to act those are the hits that we have to take every once in a while is that it's not going to be fair and you're either gonna you let it bother you and thus basically kill your aspirations or you're just gonna like take the hit and keep going and prepare for the others. Uh, like uh, uh, thing with uh, acting is, you know, if you look uh, for certain roles and you uh, find a character that you know is you know 
that you're just like, you know, uh, you know that you know you fit the criteria for perfect, then you know, uh, uh, you know it could be a dream role, maybe, maybe not, but you know you're just trying to, you know, uh, get a part. It, uh, then you go to the audition. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like for me, like you, uh, you know, I see the, you know, the criteria. You know, tall, dark hair, dark eyes. You go to the audition. You see a bunch of guys that are mm-hmm. tall, dark hair, dark eyes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, then you know you're gonna go in. You're gonna do a read. You're gonna do the the best that you can. Right. You know, and you're gonna have, and you might have, you know, a couple people listening to you, and then you you'll have probably at least have one you know on their phone. Yeah. And then. You know, you're giving your all and, you know, they're not paying attention to you. Then you'll walk out and, uh, you know, and they'll just be like, thanks, we'll, we'll get back to you. Then you'll have, then the next guy will go in and it's just like, hey! Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes back into that uh, clickiness. You know? And then you'll say, then you'll find out that they uh, chose to do the show for that specific person who's tall and has dark right. eyes and uh, dark hair, and uh, what, uh, and they're just like then you know if they showed up, they got the part. Right. I think uh, the the two hits I took that that taught me the same lesson about you know the clickiness and about how you know the hard work isn't enough. The first hit I took post-graduation, and I, I'm not saying this to be bitter or to point fingers, but one thing I didn't count on, this is an example of, you know, life is what happens when you make plans. Mm-hmm. So while I was at ESU, you know, and I was plan- you know, trying to look ahead to the future, what am I going to do? Well, I had already worked at Shawnee Playhouse, and I knew that there were other small theaters like that, you know, in Pennsylvania and all the other nearby states. So I tried to think, oh, what could I do? So I found this this directory called CurtainRising.com, which I'm pretty sure doesn't even exist anymore. And it was like a, a list of, like, you could list, like, every theater company in the country by state. And I, but, of course, unfortunately, it doesn't specify which ones are equity or non-equity or which ones are community theater or actually pay their actors. So I had to research each one, which took an eternity. But between Pennsylvania, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, uh, Delaware, like all the, everything in like northeastern United States, I compiled like a list of, I'd say, close to 100 companies that I was willing to apply to that I thought I could get into based on my uh, credentials at the time but then I got a girlfriend who was a few years younger than me and was in college and neither of us was interested in a long distance relationship because who is Hmm. and so it's like hmm now I have to cut down to all the companies that are within reasonable driving distance and this list of a hundred shrunk down to about 20 and I applied to each one of them more than once and I never heard back from any of them or occasionally I managed to get an audition but nothing came of it and I eventually had to bite the bullet and start working um, non-theater-related day jobs. And, you know, my life's been miserable ever since. And, I, again, 
don't blame I don't blame my ex-girlfriend for that you know it's not her fault or anything it's it's me for not planning ahead more and having a backup plan in case plan a failed and the next big hit you know where I realized how irrelevant hard work and personal skill was was in 2014 I tell this story to every younger actor or actress that I work with when they say, oh, I want to go to college to study theater. It's like, okay, but just so you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, I, a friend of mine who had a Backstage.com account alerted me to an audition for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which I had just done at Shawnee Playhouse a couple months prior. So I was like, I just did this role. I know it like the back of my hand. I, I should be able to nail this. The audition was in New York, but the production was going to be at the Folger Shakespeare Theater in uh, in Maryland. And for me, at the time, it would have been a dream. It was a three-month rehearsal process, five-month run, $500 a week, free housing. And it, it, was, it was an equity theater, but it was open to non-equity candidates. Mm-hmm. And if you were a non-equity candidate, you had the option to earn points toward your equity card. So... The day of the audition, I drove two and a half hours into New York. They had separate sign-up uh, clipboards for the equity and non-equity candidates, and uh, sat on the linoleum floor for you know probably about four hours. At one, you know, I did leave at one point to grab a meal. Came back in, you know, there are all, you know there are hundreds of people there. After about four hours, they came in. Uh, some uh, representative of the company came in. Sorry, but too many equity candidates, you know, since they had their cards, they got first dibs on the audition. Too many equity candidates showed up today, so all the non-equity candidates are dismissed. Sorry for the inconvenience. And I, so I figure between the, the commute, the parking garage, and the meal, I probably blew about 80 bucks that day, and they, right. didn't, and they didn't even see me. So talk about clicks. <laughs> that was the point when I realized. So, you know, at ESU, they were all, you know, in the acting classes, they're always telling you, if you don't get the part, don't take it personally. It doesn't mean you're not working hard enough or that you're not talented enough. It could just mean it wasn't your day or you, 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 you have the right voice for the part but not the right look for the part. That's not your fault. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking... Who has who can afford to blow eighty bucks on the chance of not even being seen? Yeah. That's how complicated the industry is, and there is so much that we missed out on because the education system, you know, is rigged. That you know they have to they have all these general education requirements that you have to take because if you don't take them, then these profess then these programs cease to have a necessity to exist and then the professors don't have jobs it's like well how do we pay them oh we force students to take the class for no reason that's what it boils down to so are you just to clear what you're saying a little yeah um are you saying like so if you were to be a theater major all those electives that are unnecessary they should that what you're saying yeah, yeah more or less that they should have the, each department should be you know, should be expanded to include, instead of unnecessary electives from other departments, more electives within the department itself to to fine tailor your education so you know mm-hmm. so that you have a plan B, a plan C, and everything else. Like, okay, what do I do if if I get out in the real world and this happens? What do I get? Okay, and what if that fails? And you have all these other backup plans. Like, okay, here's how you network. Here's how who you talk to. Um, 
here's here are some other jobs that you could do in some you know odd jobs you can do in the meantime just to keep a roof over your head and instead of saying okay we taught you how to act now good luck finding the job Jesus. Mm-hmm. that's essentially what it felt like yeah. uh, well that's uh even like in uh my major uh i uh uh I, I got uh, I got the degree, I uh, and then I was applying to all these, you know, restaurants and uh, uh, hotels for, you know, uh, you know, not, not not necessarily you know general manager or, right. or you know uh, you know like assist, uh, assistant manager or you know, uh, and uh, or you know even you know. Uh, uh, front of the house, or uh, and I get I go into interviews, and I'd hear, uh, well, so how much experience do you have? You, you have a degree, great. How much experience do you have? Then you find out they want they want people with a degree, but they also want thirty years experience. Yeah. So I don't have the experience. I was getting the degree. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 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 yeah, except for, you know, working part-time jobs, I hadn't had a full-time right. job, uh, up to that point that, uh, that I, uh, I said I was going to school. I wasn't, you know, uh, uh, I wasn't working a full-time job and going to school. Yeah. Uh, uh which is which now that you brought that up, brings us to another problem this is why we can't just blame the college it's the real world too they they want you know it's in uh, our wonderful capitalist society everybody it, it's all about exploiting people for as much as you can get and even for the lowest paying entry level jobs it's like we want to to squeeze as much out of these people who have the most experience and, and education possible while paying them as little as we can get away with. Yeah. And, you know, this, these are things that we, sh- again, the college should have explained to us, but then again, the college is part of that system too. So, so of yeah. course they're not going to explain it. We're just going to have to find out for the hard way. And it just hits us like a ton of bricks when we do and- you know, you're, you're sent out into the world at a deficit, mm-hmm. monetarily. Yes. Like, you're already, you, you got the education that was supposedly going to launch you mm-hmm. into whatever career field you were going to do. And off you go. But... You now are carrying this ball and chain of however many thousand dollars. So you're already in a hole and you haven't even started and you're in a hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been out of college eight, nine years now and I, I'm still paying monthly. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, loan payments. Uh, it's. Uh, it's it's uh, you're you're already uh, behind the eight ball. I, uh, yeah. I mean, until I found a job, uh, uh, I, you know, uh, they only gave me so much time until I yeah. uh, f- uh, found a job that they started wanting to suck money. Out. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you know, thank God, uh, before I found a job, I had some money left to me by my grandparents that uh, I was able to use to hold them off until I found a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, but if not, if it wasn't for that, I would have been already by, they would have been low. And then, of course, on top of that deficit, you know, of the, you know, the loans, once you start off, you know, at the at the bottom of the barrel with your first entry level job and you're, you know, whether it's paying the rent or pay or any, or the loans or any other bills, they limit so many other opportunities you have. Like I live in probably the cheapest apartment in Cresco right now. And I'm, that limits my job prospects. Like I'm, even if I, you know, I look for jobs that pay about as much as I'm making now, but then, but then when I can't find anything in the area, it's like, well, if I go outside the area, I would probably have to move, but where am I going to find an apartment as cheap as the one I've got now? Like mine is like a one of a kind, uh, you know, attic that got converted into an apartment. That's why it's so cheap. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to find that anywhere else. So if I find, let's say a university job, like at an admissions office or something, in, at, a, at a college that's you know an hour or two hours away if they're paying me what i'm making like equivalent to what i'm making now but i'm paying double the rent um it's not I, gonna work it's not gonna work i might as well still be back at you know this dead-end manufacturing job that i hate but i can but it's keeping a roof over my head and it's helping me pay the rent and those college loans and everything so it, it's you just for every hole that that it's like the it's like us it's like the hole that you're trapped in is made of sand and the more you try to dig yourself out the faster the sand slides back in mm-hmm. uh, um you know and going back, back to uh, actors i mean one, one of the things they don't tell you in your acting classes is that uh uh you have to de- uh depend on other people to get you work uh, you know, when, you know, going back to the episode we did, you know, so many, many, uh, so, so long ago, uh, award shows, you see people on award shows, you know, you, you always sit, hear them say, I want to thank my team. That's, that's people, it, you know, when, when you're, uh, a top build actor, uh, performer, uh, you have to have an agent. You have to have a lawyer. You have to have uh, a financier. You have to have uh, a, uh, a manager. You have to have uh, a bank examiner. You have to have uh, a press agent. Press agent. Uh, uh, publicist. Public yeah. publicist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, now for. You know, an actor who, you know, just is able to make a living at acting, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's doing theater, you know, television, uh, uh, film and commercials, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, making a living. I mean, uh, they might not have uh, the you know, top choice, you know, like the best people in the business, but I'm sure they probably still have somebody, you know, uh, finding them work somehow. Yeah. And it's hard to do it all on your own. Exactly. I mean, you know, 
you know, you can't just be, you know, trolling uh, Facebook or the newspaper looking for acting jobs. No. And let me tell you something else, because you just struck a chord. <laughs> Facebook never works. No. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. So I had a bit of um, an arts guide mm-hmm. a couple of, like, a couple of years ago. I think it was before COVID. I don't even remember. And they um, wanted me to put my artwork, wanted me to find Facebook groups to put my art in. On paper, sounds like a good idea. Find a jazz group on Facebook and post your jazz art. Okay, fine. But it's the same five people. (laughs) Like the group can have 200 members, but it's the same five people who are looking at it every day. And if they're not interested in buying a piece of art, I, I'm i not going to, I'm just not that person to be like, buy this, buy it, buy it. How come you're not buying this? You should have bought this by now. Like I'm, this is not me. I want to create. That's what I want. I want to get better at that. So it was a big adjustment for me to learn the business of it and to go back and, and to say, that this painting, this illustration can be as good as you can possibly make it, but if it's, but if whoever is looking at it in that moment, if it doesn't fit their vision, then it's not, they're not going to buy it, they're not, they're, they're going to think it's too much, or they're not going to understand. The same thing with acting. Every, every piece of art I've done and every role you guys have played is a result of everything else you did before it. Yes. And anybody outside of the artistic realm isn't going to realize that. And our experiences of being on stage, being behind the camera, or me at my with my um, pens and brushes, and I lost my train of thought. Like that's that's our well. That's what we're pulling from. That's our experience. You know, what we learn, it's okay, sure, fine, all well and good. But these are our experiences. And if our experiences are not being counted to be worth anything, you know, it, it can get discouraging. Absolutely. And, and in, in regard, another thing that, you know, they that they touched upon in our education but didn't stress enough was the necessity of networking. Yeah. You, you notice uh, it was practically a running, it's a running gag, not just at ESU, like in the entire art world, that a lot of artists are very shy, introverted people. We like mm-hmm. to be alone in our thoughts, and that's right. that's where we draw our inspiration from. And, and, and then, of course, you know, once we put our art out there or once we're on stage or whatever suddenly you know, we seem like different people to to the ones that know us right as as the shy quiet types and that's totally okay but you have to learn how to network how to get on people's good the good side of people in positions of power and not just with your personal team but but also with the teams that are already involved, whether it's the casting director, the producer, 
you have to you know you have to have friends in high places to say oh yeah i'm totally okay with putting you in this movie i think that yeah. you would be a benefit to the to at my team at some point somebody has to take the chance on you yes and you like you're saying you have to maneuver yourself into a position where someone might take the chance on you but it's blind yes we're blind to when it's going to come where it's going to come from so it's just throwing marshmallows at the wall hoping that eventually one of them will stick and it, the second one might stick or the 300th one might stick you know it's the it's the the stereotypical story of the diamond mine guy who quit three feet away from a diamond. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what? D- digging really sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, he shouldn't have quit, but I don't blame him. Yeah. Cute little dog you've got there. But hold on. In a previous life, he could have been George Washington. Nice cat. Perhaps Annie Oakley. And look at him. Why, it's Napoleon. Reincarnation. What human being was your pet in a previous lifetime? Master Reincarnationist E. David Scott will tell you when you call this number. Just answer simple questions with your touch-tone phone. $1.95 per minute for entertainment only. Under 18, get permission. Call now. Learn who your pet was as a human in a previous lifetime. The, the thing about it is, for the arts, the hard work is definitely necessary. You know, and we have to accept the very sad truth that some of us have to are going to go through that for a lifetime and never find the success and prestige that we dreamed about as kids. And some are going to find that su- success and prestige without even trying. And that's just the way the world is. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we did something wrong or because, you know, you know, you know or or that we're not talented enough, or that we're not made for the work. It could it's, could be a simple matter of nobody is willing to take the risk on us, or we were in the wrong place at the wrong time, or whatever else you can think of. Who Luke with the closing remarks. That is another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I want to thank Luke and Andrew for coming on and doing this off-topic episode with me and I also want to thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it and you can find this episode and all the others on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Um, And you can find out more what I'm up to with the art side of things on Instagram at Albert Shivers and at www.albertshivers.com Until the next episode, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. I like Albert, and the others are okay, but I really want to go home.